From the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resorts in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged. Discussion for December 3rd, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, Teresa Eccles will tell us about her daughter Stella's experience at Camp Dolphin. We'll also be joined by Eric Opron, the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Swan Dolphin Resorts. He's going to tell us all about the hotels and some of the holiday events planned this season and some things that are coming up for next year. Kevin Close has his latest dining review of the Contempo Cafe at the Disney at Disney's Contemporary Resort. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, we are, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the uh, announcement, we are here at the uh, Swan and Dolphin, sitting outside poolside at the uh, Cabana Cafe. Is that what this is called, the Cabana Cafe? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sound, sound about right. <laughs> and. Uh, we're joined uh, not only by our team, but also by some of our listeners. Who's with us today, Kevin? We I think have, you know names. Oh, Sharon and Craig Smith from Seattle, Washington. Hi, Sharon Yay. and Craig. And we also have Yvette and Emil, who are from the Netherlands. <gasps> oh, Yvette! <laughs> I didn't you were here. I know. I got so excited up. when I saw her, I jumped up and gave her a hug. <laughs> I thought she was like an old friend of yours from Louisiana. No, I was just really excited. <laughs> so, a few of us have been like really involved trying to get everything set up. Our headphones aren't working right, so we all feel kind of naked right now without uh, without without our headphones on. So we've been trying to get that working. But uh, what a gorgeous day to be out here, though! It My is goodness, beautiful. I hope they're all jealous. Yeah, yeah, this is beautiful. Right, <laughs> this is now. why it's, we all moved to Florida. This mm-hmm. is like yeah, no humidity and low seventies, nice breeze, beautiful sunshine. Especially compared to yesterday. Oh, yesterday was was evil. It was an evil day here. We had tornado warnings and watches, and it was scary. So yeah, this is uh, this is really nice. We um, we've been wanting. To, I've actually been wanting to do this for a long time. Uh, do a, a location recording like this over here at the Swan Dolphin and just moving. The, we we have to buy some equipment that's more portable <laughs> because this is crazy. Transporting the Charles office. Be like, oh, you're out <laughs> of your mind. We've already spent enough money on equipment. Um, we'll give away fewer prizes. We'll buy new equipment. Oh great. <laughs> now they all hate me more. Those $25 gift certificates are going to go away, huh? <laughs> uh, well, and for those of you who uh, were, not, uh, were not listening on Saturday night, we did our first live broadcast on Diz Radio from the Gaylord Palms. That went, uh, that went really well. I was really, uh, really happy with how that, uh, how that turned out. And uh, we, we maxed out our stream. Uh, people were getting turned away, and somebody's car alarm is going off. I love the the ambient noises of doing this outside. Um, we maxed out our stream on Diz Radio, which was great. That's the first time that's ever happened. It was uh, got a lot of good feedback on it. We're certainly going to be doing more of those in the future. Uh, when exactly, I'm not sure, but um, that went really well. I was really pleased with that. So, um, and also uh, Walter. Well, Walter's floating around somewhere. Where is he? He's in the pool. Walter's in the pool. <laughs> Um, Walter and Max had a chance to do uh, the uh, Polar Bear Club experience. We were talking about that last week uh, on the show. They got a chance to do the polar bear thing at the at the ice exhibit, Went running through there half naked. He's wearing his T-shirt today. Hundred other people. He's wearing his. He's very proud. He's very proud of that. He's got his little certificate. Got his little certificate uh, inducting him into the Polar Bear Club, and um, he and Max and got the, got their 
pictures in the newspaper yeah. and they got their uh, on video TV? on television. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. My shirt would have to cool. say, I woke up before 7. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a busy weekend. It was a busy weekend and it's kind of continuing today. Uh, being here at the Swan Dolphin, which is just, this is just beautiful out here. I want to record all our shows out here from now on. But next time, can we park closer? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. We parked at the Swan. And we, uh, yeah, we lugged the equipment all I the way I actually think Swan. we're parked at Disney Hollywood Studios. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now in terms of housekeeping, anybody have anything? No? No, I don't think well, so. I was going to mention our live audience here, but. We already did that. We already did that. Is this going to be the first time? No housekeeping? Really? Um, we don't have any prizes to give. Oh, I do have a housekeeping from the other night. Okay. Uh, we attributed uh, one of the questions that came in over live chat to Sue Coppola, who is Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. <laughs> she wants us to know that's actually not true. And she had an entirely different question. She didn't ask the question that we asked. So she emailed me her question about having a light lunch at Gaylord Palms. And John and I both gave her ideas. We talked about Sam's Sunset Fish Camp and the kind of grab-and-go coffee stop where we got our sandwiches the other night. So I apologize to the person who actually asked the question, but we attributed it to the wrong person. And I apologize to everybody if I'm chewing in your ear. But uh, like I said, we're at the Cabana restaurant at the alongside the pool at the, that's actually uh, a podcast bingo square by the way what's that Chewing if somebody's eating and talking at the same time okay well then podcast bingo people are going to get plenty to get today because I'm, <laughs> I'm chomping on some food here some uh, really good that that uh, this flatbread chicken pizza is like it's it really really good we should tell them that this, uh, the dolphin brought us out some appetizers oh, yeah, to they try brought us out all these appetizers to try now, i've only had the uh, flatbread pizza what'd you guys have they had uh um, crab egg rolls, which are really good. Those are really good. Oh, that's what I bit into, yeah. Uh, I don't eat seafood. <laughs> there was an ahi tuna appetizer, which is really good. They brought cracker. us out seasoned waffle fries. And you know those little baskets Love. at McDonald's that they drop the french fries in? That's what they're served in, these little individual baskets. They're really I great. I waffle fries, Chick-fil-A all the way. <laughs> you and, and Grace. they're delicious, I might add. <laughs> they are very good. Oh. And they also had, um, next to the tuna, the conch. Appetizer as well, right? There was an ahi um, appetizer, and then there was a conch appetizer. Those yeah. were good. Corey's happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he loves that it's kind of stuff. Good. Delicious. You got to say honestly, very, very good. Because I didn't have lunch, I got here, I was starving. So I was really glad they had little snackages for us. So, all right, nothing else in housekeeping. Nothing else we got to talk about. No. All right, then we're going to get started with the news. Our first news story this week. Disney's 2008 financial report filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission indicates that the company's Orlando theme parks attendance was up by 2%, while less than, five, while less than the usual 5 to 6% increases from prior years. It did beat California's uh, Disneyland, which reported the same level of attendance for 2007. In other words, they were flat. Uh, Disneyland's woes further extended to the resort's hotel occupancy levels, which were at 88%. A 4% decrease from the previous year. And despite these downturns, Disneyland hotel guests spent close to 10% more in 2008, averaging $339 per night, with uh, theme park guests spending up about 2%. So, love ha- well, they, 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 raise the, uh, they raise the rates. They raise the, uh, the per night rates. That's why that, that's why that is. And merchandise and, is and up. And they're raising and the merchandise, the price on merchandise, so that's where that comes from. 
Uh, at Walt Disney World, a slight 1% upswing in hotel occupancy brought that average to 90%, with hotel guests spending an average of $223 per night, a 3% increase. Spending in the Orlando theme parks was also up by 3%. Overall, Disney's financial statement reports an 8% increase in its parks and resorts division. This is due to strong showings by Disneyland Resort Paris and the Disney Vacation Club. Disney Vacation Club continues to be the uh, the crown jewel in their uh, in their empire right now. That just it can't seem to lose money. Although they're giving away an awful there's there's an awful lot of like DVC specials going on. I'm hearing from people that uh, they're getting all these all these special offers. My friend uh, Gina and her husband just bought in and uh, got like all these extra points if they if they bought now and they get a free hotel stay next year and. All these extra perks they're offering, and then I think when David Parfit was doing did a DVC uh, event up in Rochester, one of our listeners, uh, they were doing some special offers there too. So these, uh, you know, obviously they're trying to get more people, and I, I, I was thinking that might have been an, ind- an indication that business was falling off. But just if, so people know, David Parfit's name on the board is Mouse Skywalker. Mouse Skywalker, yeah. I'll, did he fall I don't know off a ladder board's name. Yeah, he, he did. Fell. He fell off a ladder putting up his Christmas I lights. We're glad that. he's okay. Well, David's going to be joining us for uh, Mouse Fest. He's going to be our roving reporter during Toy Story Mania. Cool. Wow. R. So, Anderson Cooper. R. Anderson <laughs> Cooper, right. Exactly. Nice Mouse Skywalker 360. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next news story. And this may turn into a mini rant, so we'll just preface by saying that. That means it will. According to an article posted in the Orlando Sentinel by reporters Jason Garcia and David Damron, top executives from Walt Disney World, Universal, and SeaWorld met with Orange County Comptroller Martha Martha Haney. I can't talk today. What is up? The county executive in charge of overseeing hotel tax collections to see if there was any possibility of more money being spent to advertise Central Florida's tourist destination in light of the recent economic downturn. Currently, the county has budgeted $33 million to be spent on advertising in the 2009 fiscal year, partly a result of a two-year-old deal between the tourism industry and supporters of downtown venues. That agreement added one cent to the five-cent hotel tax, with part of the increase being designated to promote tourism. Orange County Commissioner and complete idiot Richard Crotty says he's opposed to any increase in ad spending because it would violate the aforementioned two-year agreement. Well, obviously, Mr. Crotty is not familiar with the economy right now. The economy we had two years ago and the economy we have now might just be a little different, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Representatives for three theme parks, the, the representatives for three theme parks, declined to say if they were going to officially ask the county for more money and characterize this meeting with the Comptroller as educational saying they simply wanted to better understand how debts incurred by projects, such as the expansion of the Orange County Convention Center, a new arena for the completely useless Orlando Magic, and a new stadium for the University of Central Florida, among other projects, would affect the tourism tax. Some Orange County commissioners are citing questionable spending practices by the Orlando Convention and Visitors Bureau, the agency responsible for spending those ad dollars, as a reason that they may not support an increase. Ms. Haney, the controller we talked about before, indicated that extra money would theoretically be available in a rainy day fund, but asked, and I quote, is this a rainy day? Apparently, Ms. Haney was hit over the head with the same stupid stick that Rich Brody was. <laughs> Orlando International Airport traffic is down, was down 13% in September. 
Uh, Disney's numbers are down about 10% for the first six months of 2009 over 2008. And hotel tax receipts have fallen uh, consistently for the last four months. Now, this is where, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, Orange County makes most of its money off hotel taxes. This is where they pay these bills. And they have gotten so used to this money coming in that they forget. Why is – I won't even get into why the hotel tax money is being spent to build an arena, rebuild an arena for the Orlando Magic. We all live here. Do any of us give a flying crap about the Orlando Magic? Have you talked to anybody that lives in Orlando that really is into the Magic? Is that really part of the community here? Why is that money being spent on the Orlando Magic when – I'm sorry. The convention center, I can almost understand that. That does bring in a lot of business. That is, you know, relatively tourist-related. Um, and, and UCF, I, I, could, I can look the other way on that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's our university. It, you know, they need an arena. I get that. But so much of this hotel tax money is being spent on this crap. And then you've got these dim bulbs like this Haney woman and Rich Crotty who are sitting here saying, well, you know, it's going to violate an agreement that was made two years ago. Are you turning on the news? Are you watching what's going on? I mean, come on. Look at what's happening already. I mean, they're already going, the theme parks are already going hat in hand saying we need more money for advertising. I definitely agree about the the magic needing some sort of new facility or whatever. I I don't see where that is necessary right now. Why? What does I, that have to do with I've tourism? I've never been to a magic game and we've lived here for eight years. I was offered free tickets to a Magic game, and I turned them down. It is Magic. I don't even know what it the is. Orlando Magic is our basketball NBA. team. NBA. Oh, basketball. It's our NBA okay. basketball team that just does nothing. I mean, it's useless. What we need to do in this town is you need to spend money on infrastructure. We need to take some of that money, and we need to work on some of the things that help the tourists get here, improve our roads, that sort of thing. Kevin and I were just out in Vegas, and Vegas did something that we think should be the model for Orlando in that they've centralized their rental car department. So now when you go to the airport, you get on one bus, it takes you to one location, and that's where all the rental cars are located. So you go there, you get your car, and then you go and you return, and it's away from the airport, so it reduces congestion at the airport. It's cut down on the traffic through the airport. All the different buses are not in there. They have one bus line. It's really... Say it's reduced emissions at the airport. So it's things like this that they need to focus on and that helps the tourists get here and stay here and stay longer. And, you know, I don't know that tourists are coming here for a Magic game. Maybe we're wrong. No, but we're not. Well, depending on who the Magic plays. You know, if their team is playing the Magic, okay. they're gonna, they we've might been, come here. You know, we've, we've had the site for 11 years. You, you actually, Corey, monitor the feedback account. How many times have you seen an email come through? How many times have any of our Dreams Unlimited travel agents had to field questions about what's going on with the Orlando Magic? It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Why? Because no one cares. The people who live here don't care, let alone the people who visit here. This money needs to be spent on tourism. It needs to be spent promoting tourism. It needs to be spent on infrastructure within Orlando, within Orange County, to support tourism. That's what the hotel tax should be going for. When it was originally imposed, that's what it was imposed for. They need to go back and relook at everything they made an agreement on, and that would show to everybody living here that 
Well, look, I've always said that Rich Crotty was just yet another dim bulb in the ever-fading marquee that is Orange County government. Um, for him, and for him to say something like, this is going to violate a two-year-old agreement, you know, again, think of where the economy was two years ago and where it is now. We are in, there is an extraordinary circumstance going on right, right he now. He needs to go back and look at this stuff. Because after 9-11, after 9-11 they dipped in to uh, the, the rainy day fund. And if 9-11 was considered a rainy day for tourism, this is a damn downpour. This is a typhoon. And I, I just, I, it just amazes me, again, the stupidity of thinking that this money is always going to be there. It's, the arrogance extends beyond the borders of Disney and into our government. They always think that people are going to come no matter what. And that that money is always going to be there. And it's been there for so long and it's been good for so long that they just don't imagine anything bad really happening. Yet the, the handwriting is on the wall. The warning signs are there. But, yes, we have these, as I said, dim bulbs that are running our government here. And, uh, and I, get to, I get to segue out of that into this, which John sent me this, and I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble here, but I got something to say. Uh, in an article that appeared in the British newspaper The Telegraph, a Catholic cleric, who I might add stars in a reality show on the BBC called The Monastery... And who is in line, apparently, to become the next Archbishop of Westminster, is accusing Disney of exploiting spirituality and creating a more materialistic culture. According to Father Christopher Jameson, the abbot of Worth in West Sussex, Disney pretends to provide stories with a moralistic message, but is actually creating a more materialistic culture. And in doing so, he warns that society is in danger of losing its soul as a result of growing consumerism and the decline of religion. Father Jameson acknowledges that Disney stories do carry messages of good triumphing, triumphing over evil, but he argues that this is all part of a larger plot to persuade people that they should buy Disney products in order to be a, quote, good and happy family. He cites films such as Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians that feature moral battles, uh, and I am quoting the article here, quote, get into children's imagination and make them greedy for merchandise, the merchandise that goes with them, end quote. They feel they will be happier if they live the full Disney experience and thousands of families around the world buy into this deeper message as they flock into Disneyland. Father Jameson suggests that people learn to control their thoughts and practice more <laughs> self-discipline and self-control to avoid these perceived spiritual pitfalls. And I would suggest to Father Jameson that if he's really worried about the spiritual health of children, he might want to focus his attention on the, the, some of the priests that are molesting them. Um, the 50% divorce rate is something else he might want to take a look at. I'm just saying that there may be some bigger fish to fry. This has nothing to do with the fact that he has a reality show to promote. I love the, the movies he picked, 101 Dalmatians. And Sleeping, and Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. And Sleeping How Beauty. How dare him attack my princess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, and look, of course Disney is consumerist. Every company in existence is consumerist, and I can think of far worse products that companies can peddle than 101 Dalmatians and Sleeping Beauty. But that's the way society is now. That's why our children are the way they are. It's well, not Disney's fault. You know, I, just this guy gets two and a half million people a week watching him on this reality show. Yeah. I guess that's not enough. I was this, glad this, to hear I, just, When I see stuff them. like this, I'm sorry. I, you know, look, I, and I don't mean any really and truly any disrespect to the Catholic Church. I, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about this guy. And if he wants to put his efforts somewhere, I think the Catholic Church has much bigger problems 
in its in its organization than what Disney is doing with their movies and what Disney is doing with their theme parks. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm the first one to say, you know, to call Disney out on some of the things they do. But, of course, Disney is consumerist. That goes without saying. Every company is, consu- is, is consumerist. Every company is looking to market a product. That's what they're in business for. I think the thing that made me laugh was that people are in danger of losing their souls because of Disney. Because 101 Dalmatians. You, I, I know our listeners never realize that, that their children's Cruella souls Deville's are coming after your soul. the television set watching 101 Dalmatians. Just ridiculous. I have the article in front of me, and there's one thing that really cracked me up. Did you read about Lord Laird, who's the government's happiness czar? What? <laughs> happiness czar? No, I missed that. <laughs> this is a quote from the article. Lord Laird? In 2006, Lord Laird, the government's happiness czar, urged for a rethink of economic and social what policy. What goes on in Great Britain? <laughs> <laughs> and how do you They have reality shows though? in monasteries and they have a happiness czar? I don't think I'd get it. I think we. I think that would be a great post for Hillary Clinton. She'll be the in the new administration. She'll be the happiness czar in a pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just kind of fell out of me. I wonder what kind of resume you have to have for that. <laughs> so what is what does the happiness czar want? <laughs> he wants. Uh, he wants us to to rethink. He wants urge for a rethink of economic and social policy. After concluding that the pursuit of financial success has a lot has led to has led to a rise in depression and emotional impoverishment. Hmm. You know, I just for the problems we are facing in this world right now, that there are people actually talking about this stuff is just mind blowing to me. It seems so. It seems like a very retro concept, doesn't it? In two thousand eight, that this is what people are focusing their attention on. With not that he went after Apple, where everybody has to have the brand newest iPod, right? Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm guilty of that myself. But I mean, to go after Disney and 101 Dalmatians uh, and Sleeping Beauty, it, it's just I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, just, really, go after Toy Story three if you want to go after <laughs> consumerism at its worst. Uh, <laughs> any of the part twos? <laughs> yeah. Those directed DVDs. I'm just going to say the same thing. Exactly. Ariel's think, birth, whatever that one was. was that? Ariel's birth. <laughs> Ariel's birth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for the news. We're going to move on to rapid fire, and who would like to go first? I say we start at the head with Corey. Sure. All right, go ahead, Corey. I had a tough time finding rapid fire, so I'm going to do this week yeah, so in Disney one, history so. um, from December 1st through December 7th. December- oh, boy, you're reaching. Well, I am <laughs> reaching. I told you. I, I, give you. I give you credit for trying. Yeah. I already got out his reference. <laughs> <laughs> this week in Disney history, uh, December 1st, 1988, the Walt Disney Company leaders announced the formation of Hollywood Pictures. Disney uh, December Disney first December first 1994 parasailing begins at Disney's Contemporary Resort December 2nd 1997 the first Disney films are released on DVD Wow interesting and the souls of children across the world <laughs> died or being sucked through the DVD player uh, December 3rd 1980 leaders host the groundbreaking and dedication ceremonies of Tokyo Disneyland Park December 4th, 1989, cast members preview Star Tours at Disney MGM Studios. December 4th, 2001, Disneyland Resort Paris becomes the official name of Euro Disney property. Yeah, they got away from that Euro Disney name real fast. (laughs) Uh, December 4th, 2001, the Walt Disney Company leaders Michael Eisner and Roy E. Disney dedicate the Walt Walt Disney One Man's Dream attraction at Disney MGM Studios. December 5th, 1901, Walt Disney is born in Chicago. 
19, December 5th, 1985, Congress de- declares today as a national day of recognition for Walt Disney. Cool. 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 December 5th, 1997, Disney at Home Shop opens at Downtown Disney Marketplace. December 5th, 2001, the Walt Disney Company leaders Al Weiss, Paul Pressler, and Joe Rohde dedicate Chester and Hester's Dinorama at Disney's Animal Kingdom. That was a moment in history, wasn't (laughs) it? I'm like, I was thinking, who's Chester and Hester? Uh, December 5th, 2001, the Walt Disney World Resort celebrates the 100th anniversary of Walt's birth with a press event and the dedication of Sorcerer's Hat icon at Disney MGM Studios. December 6th, your birthday, Pete, 1903, Ruth Flora Disney, Walt's sister, is born. Shut up. Same year. (laughs) (laughs) What's Walt Disney's sister? Yeah. Ruth Flora Disney. Ruth Flora. Uh, December 7th, 1941, the U.S. Army moves on to the Disney Studio lot in an effort to protect nearby military interest. December 7th, 1986, Disney Channel begins 24-hour programming. So that was my not-so-rapid-fire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Mrs. Martin. Um, I have something about Universal today. It's join the Grinch for breakfast. The Grinch is inviting you to breakfast where you can treat <laughs> your family. That <laughs> <laughs> you just come to my house. <laughs> You'll be able to treat your family to a special Grinch mischaracter breakfast. Separate fees do apply. It takes place at Universal's Islands of Adventure, December 6th and 7th, December 11th through the 30th, and January 1st. It's an all-inclusive buffet at Confisco Grill. Am I saying that right? Uh, where you'll dine with the Grinch and many more of your favorite Seuss characters. There will be a who or two, and you'll get express access to the Cat in the Hat ride with your character breakfast receipt. It's limited seating, and they do fill up fast. You'll call 407-224-4012 to reserve your space today. Wow. <laughs> that sounds exciting. It does sound exciting. Will Cindy Lou who be there? I don't know. They, See, they alluded for her. to it's a who, a who or, or two. Oh, Lou and the so boys. So I'm oh. thinking. But they Cindy will have roast be beast. There. Really? Yeah. <laughs> for breakfast? You get to carve it. I don't know. It was the only Grinch food I could think of. It's going to be a veritable like who's who of who's. <laughs> I also wanted to say, Corey and I went to Mickey's Very Merry last night, which was totally rained out, but we still had a really nice time. They changed the wristbands this year. I wanted you guys to see. Oh, those are oh, pretty. Yeah. And then I also brought my cocoa cup. I'm pulling a bob. She brought props. <laughs> she brought props. But I thought it was so adorable, and it was excellent hot chocolate, I have to say. I didn't really? care for the cookie, but I loved I had three cups. <laughs> She's like, I'm losing my chocolate high. I need another one. <laughs> what kind of cookie was it? Because somebody asked about that um, on the disc. It was just like a, a sugar cookie, a, a rather big one, covered in like red and green sugar sprinkles. It, I'm just not up my alley. Okay. Kids were stocking up on these things. Corey saw they a little like boy with five on his lap. <laughs> And later on, we were walking down through a street, and I'm like, I think we just walked past Vomit. He says, probably that little boy who had five cookies. <laughs> That's because none of the food locations are open. You mean Actually, the they were more spill? open yeah, they have than, a lot of them open. Um, Actually, I could tell you, but they were more open than at the Halloween party, which I was very surprised. Because you had, well, the main two were like uh, Pinocchio's Village House and Cosmic Rays. But you had Casey's Corner, the Pizza Wagon, the Sleepy Hollow, the Truro Wagon, Turkey Legs, Westward Ho, Pecos Bill, um, Mrs. Potts was open, the Village Fry Shop, the Launching Pad, and Auntie Gravity's. So there were quite a few places open. And a, a lot, lot more than the Hollow. Yes, the a lot party, more yeah. attractions open, too. Cool. Well, thank you, Mrs. Martin. 
Um, I was actually handed two things when I said I didn't have a rapid fire. Um, one of them is about uh, Disney's uh, Disney Cruise Line now adding uh, digital 3D movies to the ships. Uh, you'll see. I'm not going to read this verbatim because it's like Disney marketing speaking. Yeah, it makes me want to <laughs> gag in my mouth. Came from a press release. Um, it'll be first run movies. <laughs> he threw up a little in his mouth. I threw up a little in my mouth. Um, first run movies done in 3D. Uh, with the special digital technology they're putting on the ships, which is pretty cool. I think that's But really I'll tell cool. you what. If it's like Journey to the Center of the Earth, I just watched that a few weeks ago. Journey to the Center of the Earth was probably one of the worst films. It has Brendan Fraser in it. I cannot believe you watched seen. that. <laughs> well, I just, I, I, I got sucked in by the whole 3D thing. He has one giant <laughs> and it was hair like, plug. Even with, <laughs> even with 3D, even with 3D, it couldn't, he couldn't make him interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh, what a shame. You watch it on TV? I, I'm, yeah, at home. I'm the, I get the Blu-ray. Did you have the 3D glasses? Yeah. They give, me, they give, they give <laughs> it to you with them. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. See, you sat there at home with your little 3D glasses? No, there was none of that. The there was no ducking. <laughs> you know, Actually, the- after about 20 minutes, it was giving me a headache, so I just watched it straight. And uh, it was just awful. Just, my God, what an awful movie. For the Mummy event, he was pushing that movie at Universal. He was like, oh, I have another movie yeah, and he out. also Yeah, he, he's, he's really, he's starting to look like he was road hard, put away wet. You know, um, <laughs> he's looked that he's way for time, time has not been kind. Not, time hasn't been kind to me either. But I'm not a movie star, so you know, or you know, in 3D, or in 3D. <laughs> really, you, nobody wants to see my pores in three dimensions. Um, but uh, the other thing, uh, Will got something from uh, the Richard Petty Driving Experience. They're uh, doing a holiday special, a forty-nine dollar ride along. Um, oh. Which is about a little more than half off the uh, normal price. Even my mother that for Christmas. <laughs> really, you should, should do that. Do you have have you had to have gone before to get that? You wonder, or does it make your no, climb in? Doesn't yeah. say. Kept accessible. Yeah. Um, we'll strap but, a wheelchair uh, to the side of the car. You can call one eight hundred. Hang on, Ma. You can call one eight hundred B Petty. Or visit one eight hundred B Petty forward slash holiday. One eight hundred B Petty. They're promoting that. I don't know why. That's what I got. John, what do you have? I have, you can get a call from Mickey Mouse on Christmas Day. If you book a 2009 Walt Disney World Resort package. So it's a $3,000 phone call, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Spend $3,000, Mickey will call you. If you book a 2009 Walt Disney World Resort vacation package. What does he do if you get like a deluxe package? (laughs) He dances for you. (laughs) Between November 28th and December 23rd, 2008, you can go to a website, mickeyholidaycall.com. And uh, put in your reser- on December twenty third. Go to that website and put in your reservation number and a phone number where you'd like to call. And on December twenty fifth, Mickey will call you and wish you uh, uh, Merry Christmas and also tell your kids about the package. Okay, is anybody the- really going to pick a book a package so that Mickey Mouse will call that kid on Christmas? He's actually calling to steal your soul. Yeah. If you answer the phone, I get sucked right out of you. He's a death eater. On Christmas. <laughs> There's something ironic there. The call is valid for bookings in the United States and Canada, except for Quebec. And the call is in English only. only. I know last year we had a couple people who were upset that they missed the live call. They just had something on their answering machine. So there are some people who really think this is a big deal. Get excited about it. Uh, if you book through a travel agent like Dreams Unlimited Travel, you can still take advantage of that. Your travel call. agent will call. Yeah, I'll call you Christmas morning. I'm practicing now. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> this come, is Mikey come buy stuff. 
Mikey Mouse. Oh. Go to your parents' wallet and get their credit card. <laughs> now read me the numbers off the back. <laughs> Thank it. you, John. What do you have, Kevin? I actually have two. The first one is that uh, yesterday there was some really bad weather here in Orlando, which reached Brevard County and Port Canaveral. The wonder broke loose of its moorings during the day and was pushed away from the dock and the loading platforms. The gangways crashed to the concrete walkways below. They had to bring tugboats in. um, To help the wonder move, they moved it to a different location so that people could actually get off the ship. We had some really rough weather yesterday in certain points. Brevard County and Volusia County specifically got hit pretty hard. Uh, They said there was tornadic activity right near Animal Kingdom. In celebration, there was a car that was damaged. This seemed very specific for a tornado. It apparently only hit one car. Hmm. But Hmm. everybody else is fine, and there's no damage per se, but there was damage to the gangways at uh, at Port Canaveral. It's kind of like when a cow gets out. Got to corral it back up and fix the fence. Right. What? (laughs) (laughs) The analogy cow, cruise ship. I get that. I was thinking about the car in celebration. I was thinking there was probably some teenager, you know, wrecked the car and went home and said, Mom, yeah, there was a tornado. tornado (laughs) Well, you started with saying I had two rapid fires. I have one rapid fire. Make All right. One up. Well, that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. All right. Our first segment today, we're going to be talking with Eric Opron, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Swan Dolphin. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the resort, what's coming up for the holidays, what's coming up next year. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be here. And um, now, yeah, let's, let's, let's start talking about the holidays since, you know, I'm... Just getting, it's got all my Christmas stuff out. We went and got my Christmas tree yesterday, so I'm very, very much in the spirit right now. Um, and I love, love what you guys have done uh, decorating-wise in the you. hotel. It, it looks just, always, but always does, but it just looks absolutely gorgeous this year. I the appreciate white poinsettias, I love those. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's new every year. We've actually um, made some modifications this year changed our large tree in the lobby it's more white with some blue accents and some new decor and theming in the lobby so uh, every year it changes a little bit and it's new every time you come back to see it but uh, it's definitely officially the holiday season around here and um, we look forward to it you know it's uh, the music changes in the hotel you know that you're definitely in the holiday time period when you start hearing the songs and uh, our piano player uh, tommy tanaka in the lobby starts playing all the new oh yeah the new christmas songs so it's it's nice Oh yeah, I love you, the. Uh, I, that's one of the things I love sitting in the lobby listening to the piano player, especially at the holidays. Do you still have the train? We do, as yes. a matter of fact. The, I love uh, the train, the dolphin train. It's the very dolphin cool. train is repainted this year, and uh, I just saw it going around the tree as I was walking down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, the kids love that. The little boys always are trying to figure out a way that to get their parents to lift them <laughs> over the fence <laughs> and right. sit them on the train. And I've seen a few actually do it. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? Oh, no, <laughs> we'll arrange little something boys. special for you. You know, we do a couple of different things. We always have the, the, the large tree in the lobby and the train. And then usually in the Swan, we have our gingerbread village that gets set up and is created by uh, our world champion pastry chef, Laurent Branlard. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, as I said, you know, there the are trees and decors throughout the, the public spaces on both sides 
And uh, you're right. You can walk from the dolphin out around the pool and, you know, see the grotto pool on the beach and then work your way around to the swan and see what's new in the swan every year. And you mentioned Laurent, and uh, he just uh, won another award. He's the only, only chef ever to win this twice in a row, right? Well, actually, the only two-time world champion pastry chef in the history of the competition. And he won for the second time in September. And uh, he beat teams from around the world. And uh, he had a couple of... Uh, chefs that worked with him but um, there there were five categories in that competition and uh, Laurent for the second time won all five categories wow Wow. Michael Phelps of baking he absolutely (laughs) is he's phenomenal and Michael uh, Phelps of baking (laughs) and the nice thing about Laurent is is uh, he just doesn't do special pieces or show pieces he actually produces the desserts in the restaurants that we have on the property so you know it's not often that you get to actually sample or taste and uh, a world-class eat a world-class pastry chef's uh, creations but you can here oh that's good to know it really is, and um, we're actually doing something special with Laurent uh, coming up the weekend of the 12th and 13th, the second weekend in December, and uh, Laurent is going to be in the lobby of the Dolphin, and he, along with um, an artist, Michael Hall, who um, is, all, is very famous for his pulled paint. So Laurent is famous for pulling sugar, and Michael Hall pulls paint. The two of them will be in the lobby from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and they will be... Um, doing their renderings of what um, Christmas and the holiday season means to them. So you're able to come to the lobby. And what date is that? That's Saturday night, December 13th. Wow. Yeah. Tonight of our Toy Story meet. Yeah, but it goes on before our Toy Story meet. That would be a great thing. People to come over and check that out before wow. they head over to uh, the Hollywood Studios for the party. We have a lot of uh, clients and a lot of folks staying here. A lot of folks going to be in town Wonderful uh, that weekend. Well, hopefully the... um, you know, the combination of the two of them will appeal to a lot of different people. And actually, our food and beverage department is putting together a package where you can come and, and visit them and watch them create and uh, check out the artwork in the Gallery of Sotil and then go to dinner on the property. And I think they're including um, a complimentary dessert by Laurent that evening if you hmm. have dinner in the hotel. Wow. Wow, so that's awesome. So we're looking awesome. forward to that. That's going to be that's fun. That's going to be really cool. That'll be fun. That'll get you in the holiday spirit for sure. What else do you have going on around the holidays? Well, this is always, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a fun time and it's a special time. And um, we get uh, a lot more families and vacationers and visitors that come down in the holiday time of year. And a lot of things that we do um, around the property are geared toward those vacationing guests. And um, each one of our signature restaurants um, does some special holiday dishes, holiday desserts, and also some themed cocktails. And uh, I wrote a couple down to make sure I didn't mess them up. But <laughs> actually, in our fresh Mediterranean market, they're doing a drink called the Hot Apple Crisp, which sounds good enough that Ooh, I might that even try good. it. Um, at Shula Steakhouse, a drink called Sugar Plum. Mm-hmm. And at uh, Splash, a, an out, which is an outdoor restaurant, the Gingerbread Latte. So Ooh, those that all sounds sound good. good. Oh, I may yeah. have to go have one of those. It does sound good. And, uh, and again, there are... Um, special dishes, especially right around Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. All the restaurants have special holiday meals and offerings. And um, those things are, are on our website, so people can check those out and um, see which one appeals to them the most. Hmm. Fantastic. Um, now, uh, you know, beyond the holidays, I, I know you have some, some things going on uh, next year. We do, actually. We have some. It's unusual for us. Um, it's, it's, I think... Uh, probably do a little bit to what's going on in our economy and around the country, but um, we have some phenomenal 
uh, rate offers, um, which are normally never available at the Swan and Dolphin through the first quarter of next year, and um, some some rates that. Um, you know, again, for the first quarter, which are traditionally busy meeting times for us, um, rooms are available for our individual leisure guests. So, um, again, checking out our website, um, be able to go. The dates are all up there. There are different rates for different types of rooms. But um, for this special, um, for my visit to your show, um, we are going to make an offer available to your listeners that for the first 30 people that call the hotel and say that they heard this podcast um, and that this offer, the first 30 people that call will get an upgrade to a Balcony Epcot Resort View room, Ooh, which wow. is a great Very value and a great nice. offer. So I'm looking forward to everyone. Give me a phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be careful. There'd be a lot of phone calls coming in. Just gonna say. <laughs> that is a great room because you can see the fireworks yeah. at night from your... Well, I'll, I'll tell you my... You know, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. My very first... What got me started, what, what got where, where I got the Disney bug... My first time ever staying on Disney property was at the Dolphin, and I'm pretty sure that was 1992. That would have been and, right about when it opened. And Yeah, it was not too long mm-hmm. after. And uh, the room that I got was an Epcot View room, and I remember watching the fireworks and being out in the balcony and, and just that, that whole experience. That was my first time having that, that Disney experience. And it just it gave me the bug, and I, I I've always said that if you know that's where it started for me. It started for me in the Dolphin. Well, it's a great view, and um, you know the the building is tall enough that especially if you get a room up on say the tenth floor or higher, and we've got twenty floors, but you get up to the tenth floor, and it's a perfect unobstructed view of the fireworks. Oh, it and, is. Uh, it's great. Great way to sit and watch the show. We actually have a video, one of our videos on YouTube, where we yeah. were. Uh, I set up the video camera from one of the. Uh, from one of those one of those balconies, and and we recorded uh, illuminations, and we left the we left the sounds intact, so you could really hear what it sounded like. Um, it's you know, there's no music bed under it. It's just and it's it's perfect. It was an amazing view. I agree, and uh, I have to admit, we use a little bit of that on our own marketing material. So it's that good. <laughs> it is. It's, it's that, that good, good and that clear. What about New Year's Eve? What's I, I meant to ask you? What's going on for New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve um, throughout the resort, again in the restaurants, especially. Um, each restaurant has its own special New Year's Eve um, menu. It's um, created especially for that night, and uh, I don't know that there's any um, five or six or seven course meal that you sign up to go to, which I think makes it nicer. You get to kind of, you know, go a la carte for your evening experience. But um, there is a, a special dining experience in each one of the restaurants. Wow, because I think this is where we're heading. I think I'm going to come over here for New Year's Eve this year yeah i can i can also I, I need to mention as well i guess for the children and sometimes the kids go away or go on vacation especially to disney world and uh, the parents either get stuck doing what the kids want to do or vice versa but here we kind of make sure that uh, the kids can go one way and go to our camp dolphin and they're actually having a campfire on the beach and some special activities for the kids at night so they can go and have fun and mom and dad can go and have a phenomenal meal and enjoy some great wine or champagne and Enjoy the evening. Oh, that's a while. nice idea. Wow. It really is. I think that's that's the benefit of being here. And uh, Teresa, uh, uh, Teresa Eccles, uh, her daughter, her six-year-old daughter, just did Camp Dolphin. Last week we had one of our listeners ask uh, if Teresa could go around and start reviewing uh, uh, the different uh, uh, ki- kids' clubs. And we started, we were starting out this week with, with Camp Dolphin. We thought this would be a perfect time to do oh, that. Oh, it is. And I, I don't want to give away Teresa's review, but Stella just had the best, best time. We were so worried that she was going to be, you know, six years old, being away from mom. Oh, the ladies that run that Camp Dolphin down there have been there for, I would say, almost since the resort opened. 
And uh, the rapport that they develop with those kids is amazing. And we have guests that come back time after time just so their kids, believe it or not, don't want to go to the Magic Kingdom necessarily. They want to go to Camp Dolphin and visit with their uh, their friends and the people that they've seen there before and our staff members. So they do an awesome job. Yeah, and I know that, like I said, I don't want to give too much of a hurry view away, but I just, because I'd asked her before, like, okay, is it, is it a good review? And she's like, oh, Stella had the time of her life. She wants to go back. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, Camp Dolphin is great for the kids. Uh, that's a great idea on, uh, on New Year's think, Eve uh, for the parents. You know, having a beach you know, available to us uh, outside here in between the two properties, um, we try to find ways of taking advantage of that. And uh, we just, we, every so often, we'll go out on the beach and build a big campfire, a big bonfire. And I think the kids will probably do some mores out there in the evening and things like that. But um, what a fun way to, uh, you know, you don't have to go to the beach to be on the beach right here in Central Florida. So... It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. My kids enjoy it. Now, I know one of our, uh, I know one of our listeners had a question um, that we can't answer uh, about the dolphin. And, uh, Kevin, you have that, don't you? I do. I have an email from CV Workout. And CV Workout says, I've been wondering about this for months, and I'm hoping you guys can get me an answer when you do your show from the Swan Dolphin. I've always thought that the fish at the top of the dolphin didn't look like any dolphin I've ever seen. However, when I was in Japan, I noticed that the feudal castles there were often decorated with giant fish similar to the ones at the dolphin. The English translation guidebook from Osaka Castle tells me that this is the legendary Sachi. Uh, or dolphin fish. Another guidebook describes it as a mythical dogfish. I'm not sure exactly why, but the fish was placed on the rooftop as a sort of talisman to guard the castles in some way. I knew I'd seen the fish before, and it finally dawned on me that it was on the top of the Dolphin Hotel. Here's my question. Were the designers of the Dolphin Hotel inspired by the fish images in Japan? Is uh, he regarding the swan and dolphin from possible attack by samurai warriors, or maybe the dolphin fish is a universal symbol of good luck? I've always wondered why they didn't just use a sculpture, excuse me, a sculpture of a regular dolphin. I don't think it's a coincidence. She attached a picture, I'm sorry, a CV workout. I apologize. I don't remember if CV workout is a male or female. It's a woman. It's a woman. I attached a picture and I took of the fish on top of the Osaka castle so you can see for yourself. That's a very good question, and it's one that uh, we hear around here all the time. And um, many people know, and for those that don't, here comes the banner again. Yeah, the banner needs to come down, I guess. The the resort was designed by Michael Graves, and uh, Michael Graves is renowned for lots of things, and the Swan and Dolphin is probably one of his most recognizable. But um, actually, the resort is inspired by and... Um, set up and designed to feature water in all of its elements. And um, the two symbols, excuse me, the dolphin and the swan, the dolphin is actually a mythological symbol for water, which is um, the ancient symbol for water, and the swan is the modern symbol for water. So if you look at the resort, you'll see the um, the water comes out of the dolphin, cascades down the, the seashells on the outside, supposed to travel across the causeway it splashes up on the swan and you see the waves on the side of the swan building and then the swans are swimming on top so it's actually a water theme from mythological to present day for water all the all the years we've been doing this i never knew that no that was a theming that's really cool something new today so I might have done a little research on that, thinking you might be asking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, you said that the dolphin is a symbol of hospitality also? It is. It does have some connotation to hospitality. And, of course, uh, most people know the pineapple. But I think that the uh, that, that symbol is um, 
is Asian-inspired and uh, has to do with hospitality, which is what we're all about. So there you go, CV Workout. That's uh, Yeah, I, I never knew that. That's, that's great. That's a great story. Um, you know, something we hear a lot, we get asked a lot of questions about, uh, as John was talking to me earlier about, uh, is regarding uh, meetings. Obviously, uh, Swan Dolphin's also a very large convention center. Um, talk to me a little bit about the uh, meeting and convention services. Absolutely. Uh, meetings is a big part of what we do. Um, we are the largest um, Disney-named uh, meetings hotel on the property, and um, we're actually... Oh, really? A, we are, I didn't realize that. We are the largest meetings hotel on Disney property, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that. But we're a meetings and conventions um, Hall of Fame award-winning property, um, one of very few throughout the country. And um, we do um, have meetings in both the Dolphin, which is the larger of the two buildings and has the larger meeting space, and then the Swan does smaller meetings. But um, we do a nice job, I think, of balancing out our meetings business and, uh, you know, all of the meetings um, that are held in the trade shows are in the meetings pavilion, which is on one side of the building. And then all of the rest of the property where all of the bus stops and boat stops and restaurants and ticket desks and all that are in the other side of the building. So the meeting attendees feel like they're protected and they can hold a meeting um, in the type of environment that they want. And the rest of our resort guests um, aren't exposed to all that meeting activity. So it's designed well, and it's a real good balance. Yeah, I've never, I'll tell you, this is one of the few hotels, in all honesty, one of the few hotels I've been at, where I've stayed at, when there is a major convention going on, and you don't feel like you're in the middle of it. Um, you know, I was uh, did, had done a review of the Contemporary uh, earlier this year, and there was a convention going on there, and that was one of the only complaints I had, was that, you know, there was this, you know, it, you felt like you were kind of in the middle of the convention, even though you weren't a part of it. And especially, you know, for, for those of us who are, uh, you know, mostly here for leisure, um, you know, you know, you don't want to no, absolutely. have it's, that experience. But you, you really guys do a very good job of, of sequestering that and keeping those segments separate. No, I appreciate it. And it's, it's important to know that those two guests are very different and they're looking for different things. And uh, to have them intermingling among one another wouldn't make either one happy. So the design of the property was set up to where the meeting space is all at one end and it's stacked in three levels over top of one another. And, again, it's, it's designed so that once you enter that meetings pavilion, it's all about getting business done and business results and networking and all the things that meetings need to accomplish. And then, again, when you come out of the meetings pavilion, you're in the lobbies, you've got all the environment, the restaurants, the boardwalk, the outside, and you get to enjoy the rest of the resort. So, yeah, because you're walking distance from an, some, a lot of great – I mean, you have a lot of great entertainment right here uh, between the Swan and Dolphin. But also, like you said, walking distance over sure. to the boardwalk and everything we have going the se- on over the there. We have 17 restaurants and lounges here on property, which are great for convention attendees. And, Especially and- Shula's. I <laughs> really, really can't say enough. You're a steak eater. About Shula. Yeah, you know, it's, um, in my opinion, the best steakhouse in Orlando. In 2005, it was actually voted the number one restaurant in all of Orlando. Of, Doesn't of surprise type, me. Of any type. And tell the truth. Those aren't really potatoes, right? I think <laughs> they're Nerf footballs they disguised. Are those potatoes, like potatoes are right? massive. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you, it's we always tell people if you're going to eat at Shula's and you're going to get the side dishes, order one to split because really the portions are. Ma- I mean, this is a is a steak and potatoes place, hearty meals, big hearty meals, and it's you know when you can uh, especially um, I've never been a huge. I know Kevin likes the Yachtsman Steakhouse. I've never been a big fan of the Yachtsman. Um, twice I've been there. Twice I've had less than perfect experiences. 
Um, but I have never had a bad experience at Shula's. No, I think, uh, well, this is the uh, number one performing Shula's restaurant in their entire chain. And, uh, of course, a lot of that has to do with all of the people and, and the rooms that we have here. But I think from uh, a service standpoint, and, and that's what makes the dining experience special, is the quality of food, number one, but then the overall experience. And, again, for a steakhouse to, to win the number one uh, restaurant in, in all of Central Florida, is, is I think it's the only one that's ever won. And they just do an outstanding job. And as far as side dishes go, my director of F&B would probably not appreciate this, but in all honesty, um, buy one and share it with the entire table because uh, there's more than enough for an entire table. It really is. I mean, it's like I said, the portions are huge. Um, and I F&B, you, is that like a curse word you guys use? No, no, no. That, that's okay. It's, I'm just not encouraging uh, side sales, you know. Everyone should order their own, really, but yeah. no, not, not seriously. Yeah, one potato is probably good for the entire table as well. I'm telling you, those potatoes are massive. Absolutely. You have massive. you been to Blue Zoo? Have you enjoyed Todd English's Blue Zoo um, yet? These guys have. I'm not a seafood eater, so, you know. How about Italian? I love Italian. There you go. Yeah, Il I've been over, been over to Il Molino's, yep. Yeah, it's tough as a sales and marketing person here. We're spoiled to death. And, uh, you know, eating out in the restaurants and entertaining customers, uh, there's, there's no bad choice here, that's for sure. And, and I think um, one of our sayings is, is we have uh, a taste, uh, taste for every palate or something along that line. Or, you know, we oh, can great. appeal to every palate. And that is absolutely the truth from sushi to seafood, steak and Italian and hamburgers and peekaboo. Well, well, you know, you, you mentioned Peekaboo. I remember the last time uh, that I stayed here, I was really, um, I was very happy with the fact that there was. Um, I really liked the, a the selection of food down in Peekaboo and the fact that it was reasonably priced. That you really could, you could feed yourself without necessarily going bankrupt. You get a lot um, of food, and you get a lot of food. Definitely family oriented, and uh, you know, kids like comfort food when they come. They like their macaroni and cheese, sort of the, sort of the adults, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, to be able to go through and pick out what you want, but you're right. When they put the portion on your plate, you're thinking, oh, yeah, they're not, well, they're not chintzy. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And, you know, and just in case anybody doubts, yes, I, I do come over here and stay. Walter and I have come over here and stayed many times. We do all the time. Uh, when my family's in town, this is where they stay. As a matter of fact, my uh, brother and sister-in-law were just here a few weeks ago. Um, we, had them, uh, we had them over at the Swan. Um, so, like, I, you know. I've said I've said on the site many many times we only uh, represent and, and uh, deal with hotels that are places I would put my family or I'd stay myself. And the Swan Dolphin has been uh, act, they, Swan Dolphin has been the uh, uh, on the site as an advertiser longer than any other uh, company that we deal with. Uh, Audrey Cornu, the uh, VP of uh, Internet Marketing, had contacted us. Um, I think the site was what John like. I think we launched in June of 07, and Audrey found us that September. I think we were still in New Jersey. Yeah, we were still in New yeah. Jersey. And because uh, we, we met Audrey the first time we came. Actually, we met Audrey. Uh, no, no, it wasn't the time you got the job offer for Disney. It was the time before that. Yes. She mentioned that to me earlier today and said that uh, it had been almost since the inception of your show that she had uh, From the site, known yeah. you. From right. the very, very beginning. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been a great relationship, and especially you guys really stepped up and saved us on this on our Toy Story Mania meet on the thirteenth. Um, uh, I'm not sure if Audrey filled you in on what happened with that. She did. Uh, we kind of overbooked, and uh, we you know there were an awful lot of people that were going to be very disappointed because we initially looked like we were not going to be able to accommodate everyone that wanted to uh, wanted to show up, and uh, you know we reached out to uh, some of our, our our partners, and you guys just stepped right up. 
And uh, I know I know the people on our site are very, very, very appreciative. Well, that's what of, it's all about is uh, relationships and uh, getting people here once and they'll want to come back over and over. As Once exactly. they sleep in those beds, those heavenly beds. Those heavenly beds. <laughs> falling into one. I was just saying this to my friend Jeffrey on the way down here about, uh, about these hotels. After a day in the parks, falling into one of those beds here is like it's an experience i'm sorry it's it heaven. is just an absolute experience it's the hardest part for our meeting attendees to have to get up in the morning and actually go to their meeting they yeah. don't want to get out of bed so but you missed one thing you have to come back from the parks your dogs are barking your legs are aching you go to the spa you go to mandara you get a pedicure and a foot rub i had a phenomenal massage i had a phenomenal deep tissue deep tissue massage at uh, at mandara beautiful spot it's very nice it was a great addition to our property a few years back and um, like i said again i think the uh, although families can definitely have a great time here um you know if the, for the folks that wonder can can two adults come down and and really enjoy themselves you know between the dining and uh and then the wine i mean we didn't even touch upon that but um this resort has over 60 certified wine sommeliers now there, wow, there probably really? aren't, there probably aren't that many sommeliers in all of the other hotels in Orlando combined, but basically every restaurant manager at this property is a certified sommelier. So I didn't realize that that's one of our one of our best um, attributes and features. And uh, you know to be able to come down and, and go to dinner in any restaurant and uh, have them recommend a wine that maybe you've never heard of before. If you describe the kind of wine you like, they will go and find a perfect brand new wine for you. And uh, we actually are are toying around with a program where you could come down and, and um, have a certified personal sommelier. So you would they would call wow. you prior to your visit, find out what kind of wine wine that you like, and then when you come down, meet with you and have wines arranged for all the restaurants as you travel around the resort. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that. that's something wow. we're working on. That I've never heard of. That would be a new new program. That would be very very cool. I mean, not for me. I don't drink, but. <laughs> For these guys, they can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right up our alley. Plenty yep. of people that enjoy a great wine, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, Eric, I know you're a busy man, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to sit and talk with us. And again, thanks, to, thank you to you and to the, uh, the the Swan and Dolphin, not just for the Toy Story Mania meet, but for 11 years of a magnificent relationship with our site. And here's looking at 11 more. Absolutely. Same to you. Thanks, thanks so for more. having me. I thanks so much. much. Take care. Really appreciate it. All right, next up, we have Teresa Eccles, who's going to tell us about Stella's experience at uh, Camp Dolphin. Uh, one of our listeners had asked if Teresa could start reviewing some of the kids' clubs on property, and uh, we decided uh, would be a good uh, Camp Dolphin would be a good start since we were going to be doing this show. It would be a good match. And uh, just to let everybody know, just in the, in the interest of honesty, um, what I ask when we do these uh, reviews, when we're on location, like what we like at the Gaylord, when Kevin did his uh, review of Villa de Flora, I ask if it's a good review or a bad review. I don't tell them it has to be a good review. Um, if it's a bad review, we would wait until next week uh, or another week uh, so that we're not coming into somebody's house and trashing them. That's just kind of rude. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not telling them they have to do good reviews just because we're here. But if it was a good review, legitimately, uh, great. We would do it on, you know, do it on this week's show. If not, we would we would wait till next week. And when they weren't looking, I'd give it to them. We would give it to. Them. It was a good review. We it were raised great. right. We make fun of people behind their backs. Right. <laughs> on the way home, you talk about. <laughs> I do that every week after the podcast. Oh, I still. Oh my. She's learning. I like that. Good singer, Teresa. <laughs> 
Well, when we decided we were going to do this, um, I got together with Stella. We got online. We found out as much information as we could. And like you said, and we, we were concerned. We were concerned a little bit we that were, Stella was going to be. She's kind of. She seems shy, but I, I don't think she is when she's out in public. <laughs> so, but she had it. Um, we picked Camp Dolphin to do first, and um, I, ma- I called on Tuesday, made a reservation, which um, was no problem. There were, I think they said at the time, eight kids signed up for that night, that Saturday night. We got here about five thirty, six o'clock. Checked in. Took about fifteen minutes to check in. And um, while we were checking in, um, the ladies were walking her around, showing her different areas of the of the camp, the rooms. And um, so she, uh, they checked us in, and we left when we left her. They took our cell phone numbers. They took our visa number, all the information they needed. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to give a time when you'll be back, kind of a... A roundabout time. Doesn't have to be the exact same Tuesday, time. Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Right, right. <laughs> she did say anything after midnight was $5 a minute. For, wow. And that's that's about the going rate for daycare. Whoa, whoa, whoa. $5 a minute? Yes. But that, having worked in daycare, that is about average. If is you're it? late, if you're late, then. $300 an hour? Yeah. Payable to Thelma. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> But, um, Boy, they don't want you coming back late. They don't want you coming back late, no. And they and she did tell me people stand outside that door and they don't walk in till midnight. They'll be out there just waiting to get there, you know. But you paid. It was ten dollars an hour, so she stayed three hours. It's very reasonable. $30. It is thirty dollars. And then we gave them each a tip. And um, but we were gone. We went out to eat. We come back. She was excited. She they, she had a little name tag she wore. Um, let me see. She played the Wii. She played bowling on the Wii. They did an arts and crafts. I'll have pictures to pass around so you can see pictures of what's happening. And um, they fed her dinner. They t- walked down to Peekaboo about 7 o'clock, and they all had dinner. And then they walked back to uh, cute. to the place to play. She had a good time. Where's dinner included? Dinner was included. Mm-hmm. Oh, that what did they serve for dinner? a really good deal. Um, the menu is... Oh, they had a little menu. little menus. Hamburgers, cheeseburgers, macaroni and cheese, hot dogs, chicken fingers. Stella told me she had pizza. Pizza is not on the menu, but I guess they varied it that night. Um, they played games. They have special movie time where they um, show a different movie every night. But she had a great Movies time. on this list, Shark Tales, Chicken Little, Aladdin, The Incredibles, High School Musical, Cars, Little Mermaid, Garfield, Madagascar. All soul stealers. Yeah. All soul stealers. Yeah. <laughs> she did look kind of blank when I picked her. <laughs> Where in the dolphin is it? It is um, downstairs as you're going out towards the pool. So it's just a few steps from where we are right now. And the ladies in there, Thelma and Holly, were wonderful. Wonderful. Stella was hugging them when we left Aww. and telling her she would be back. Aww. How so, many? How many kids are in there? Um, there was about eight, seven or eight that night. Boys, girls, um, both. Around her age, around, they were all right around her age. And and you you had done you had actually utilized this because you and your husband were going out for your twentieth right. wedding anniversary. Right. We went out and Kelvin just wanted to walk around the hotel and go back, but I made him actually go, go out and eat. <laughs> He was nervous about leaving her. He does not like to leave her with anybody. With strangers. With anybody. Max, Grace, anybody. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. I'm afraid that if you leave with Max, her hair will be red or something. <laughs> <laughs> she come back with tattoos. <laughs> tattoos He'll and piercings. be experimenting with his next hair color on her. Yeah, really. <laughs> Check it out on the back of her head. 
but um, he was a little nervous, but I wasn't. I mean, we we uh, took the little boat over to Hollywood Studios and had dinner at Hollywood and Vine. Walked back. We were gone about three hours, and she was having a good time. She had played. She had watched TV. They had a good meal. She never. She said she was never scared. So they talked to her. They did a craft. She made this little mask to wear and sand art and had pictures and stickers and all kinds of stuff. So, so they kept her busy? Mm-hmm. Kept her busy. And she was certainly happy when she came home. She was. She was. She was ready to go back. Wow. She was looking forward to her next adventure. <laughs> How many other kids were in there? Is it eight were signed Eight total, eight, I yeah. believe. Did you yeah, say yeah she the reason we're repeating questions is because we don't have our headphones working, so not everybody is really able to hear <laughs> what everybody else is saying, so... Uh, just for people she did listening. interact. When I picked her up, she was sitting by herself playing a, a game, but she had played Wii with another child, and I think during arts and crafts, they were all sitting together making their little masks. So, But she had a good time. I was The surprised. fact that she's willing to go back is a high compliment. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Thelma was a doll, absolute doll. When she said, uh, well, I wanted to take pictures, and I thought, well, how can I tell her why I want to take pictures? And I told her I was taking them to show my sister. So she posed for pictures, and she said, um, you can also see my picture in the post office. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Louise. <Okay. laughs> Next to Louise. And Calvin got this str- st- look on his face like, oh, my God. I said, she's kidding. She's kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> no, Calvin was nervous about leaving her. How did you feel about leaving her? I was fine. I was running down the hall. Woo. Bye, Stella. I'll see you later. <laughs> And it was so weird walking through Hollywood Studios with no children. That was just, that was cool. And they had mentioned the uh, the thing they're doing for New Year's Eve, which, you know, I thought was a really cool idea. That is a cool idea. That was really doing cool. Doing s'mores on the beach. Yeah. I think that's going to be cu- that's gonna be really cute. So, good time. She had a great time. So you would recommend it? Oh, I definitely recommend it. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for that, Teresa. We appreciate that. And thanks to uh, Stella for uh, going out and doing field work for us at six years old. <laughs> she, uh, what she, was the you, price of that again? It $10? was $10 an hour. Oh, that's not bad. Quick question before we, we wrap this up. She did the Neverland cl- Club. Did you ask her to compare the two? No, she hasn't done the Neverland Club yet. No, hasn't done. This is the first review. That was Jack, wasn't yeah. it Jack? Jack's mom. Jack's mom. Yeah, gotcha. okay. outdated she does want to do that. Next one, she wants to do the Musketeer Club at the Floridian, I think, is her okay. next choice. Well, She's well, good. good taste. She does. Yeah. Is, there, is there a spot for podcast bingo when I'm drinking coffee on the show? No. Okay. Coffee's not, well, it might be now. You can add that, yeah, because I'm, I'm always having coffee during the show. Just when you when you bring her to other ones, make sure you ask her which one was better or which right. one she like better. Right. But right. she will definitely go back. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you very much, Teresa. We appreciate the, the review. We're going to move on. And Kevin Close is going to tell us about his experience at the Contempo Cafe, the new restaurant opened at the Contemporary. And, Kevin, I understand that uh, this was not as positive an experience. Well... What they've done is they've closed the Concourse Steakhouse to make way for what used to be the Food and Fun Fiesta Center or whatever it was. What they've basically done is they've made a fast food location on the fourth floor. However, what they've done is they've sucked any amount of charm out of it. This is a place where you wait for the results of your CAT scan. (laughs) Grandpa gets a sponge bath. (laughs) This is a hospital cafeteria. It's cold, it's unappealing, it's sterile, it's 
absolutely awful. What they've done is they've taken a nice, charming little area. I love com- the Concourse Steakhouse too. It was a great restaurant. Oh, you have to oh, see I this. Loved it. I actually brought pictures of it because I didn't. I took it with my iPhone, and I, it's really hard to see them out here. But it is the most cold, sterile environment you can possibly imagine. There are a couple of little. Um, in the local mall, you walk in and they have these billboards that change now. That's what they've got their menu on. And they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner all on the same menu. It's, it's a fast food location, and I'm not, I'm not up, upset with that. I understand what it is. However, they had an abundance of staff walking around, none of who would even make eye contact with you. I think they're embarrassed to work there. <laughs> <laughs> the menu has no prices on it. It's a list of items. Then you have to walk over and talk or work on a touch screen where the prices come up and then you decide. So similar it, to uh, Captain Hooks over at Well, similar uh, to the gas station near our house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying the touch screen that they, they have that at uh, the touchscreen ordering stations they have at Captain Hooks over at the Polynesian. I've been to Captain Hooks over at the Polynesian. That has some charm to it. Right. Again, right. this is where you go when you're waiting for grandma's results <laughs> or waiting for the doctor to finish the test. It, it's just... It's, waiting for grandma's results. And you, after you've made this touchscreen thing, we wanted to switch out. We ordered a hot turkey sandwich uh, with arugula. Apple butter, apples, brie, on challah bread. And all we wanted to know, was it possible to switch out brie for cheddar? And I walked up to the counter, and the man looked at me, and he put his hand up. He said, you have to order through the touchscreen. I said, well, I've already done that. I have my little receipt. And all I want to know is if I can switch. No, there's no changes. You're kidding. No. And the man behind him said, wait, wait, what does he want to change? I said, all I want to know is if I can get cheddar cheese on my turkey sandwich instead of brie. And they talked. They had this little conference. And I wanted to say to them, I'm here. I can hear you. (laughs) These are heat lamps. It's not a bank vault. (laughs) This is not. I mean, come on. We're talking. And they they rolled their eyes a little bit. And they went. And then, well, they give you a beeper. After you've ordered, you go and you sit at your sterile little table looking. Now, there was a woman walking around with a dustpan and a broom and I thought I really you know I'm waiting for someone's gallbladder to come out (laughs) and it just was it was sad it was depressing there's nothing charming about it I want to grab a manager and say a plant a a, a character painting something (laughs) and the problem is not only is this horrible it backs right up to Chef Mickey's so now anybody who's stuck in the hospital waiting room is going to see the other people who paid more money have fun. <laughs> and I haven't even gotten to the food yet. Uh, you have to order it all through this little kiosk thing, this little touchscreen thing. We ordered a hot turkey sandwich. We ordered a cheese flatbread. Uh, we ordered a chicken rice soup. And what else did we order? A soda. And a soda. And there's this bank of microwaves and toasters. I mean, it's definitely a fast food location. Most fast food locations are at least tucked in an off area. They're not a, a, a main 
area like the Grand Canyon Concourse. This is out in the middle of nowhere. And, I mean, it's sitting out in the middle of this concourse. And this row of microwaves is just, it's disconcerting. You're looking at a $400 a night hotel room. And there's a row of microwaves in the middle of the lobby. It just, it's so unappealing. And I have to read you Disney's version of what it is. Uh, A 114-seat quick-service restaurant located on the fourth floor of the resort, directly in front of Chef Mickey's. Guests are greeted with an electronic menu that features breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. After making their decision, electronic kiosks are available so guests can order their food from the kitchen and continue browsing the side items. Guests can head to the register where they receive a pager to alert them once their order is complete. They also may enjoy watching the monorail go by, a definite perk. I won't tell you who said that. <laughs> Waving to the, pos- the passing monorail, a concourse steakhouse favorite has been reinstituted at the Contempo Cafe. No, they, they didn't change anything. They didn't reinstitute it. The monorail hasn't moved. It still goes overhead. And if that was the perk of eating at the concourse steakhouse, you need to get out more. <laughs> it's great to see our guests' faces light up when they get a wave back from the monorail. <laughs> I don't know okay. what simple people are sitting in. You know, I can understand maybe maybe Stella would enjoy right. waving at the monorail. Mm-hmm. None of the people waiting for Grandma's test results were waving at the monorail <laughs> as it went by. It just the food. Our flatbread was a piece of wheat bread, flat wheat bread with vague Americanish cheese melted on top of it. There was nothing else, not sauce, nothing, cheese and bread. The sandwich was okay, and the chicken rice soup was okay. I'm sorry. If you want to eat in a hospital waiting room, we have several here in Orlando. There's one right on Sand Lake Road, if that's what your, your thing. Well, I, I have to say, where we're going to have the baby, the cafeteria, Kevin, it would blow your mind. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, they had Florida plants. Hospital East, where Walter had his appendix out. The cafeteria was really good. Yeah. I, John has asked Kathy to go over and take pictures. of it. My pictures on my iPhone are not that great. I, I don't know if this is going to have a different atmosphere once it's crowded. We were there on a not crowded at a not crowded time, and the people were just lining Grandma's up. Grandma's test results. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs. Schwartz. The news isn't good. That's all I'm thinking. It's like this is awful. It's and the contemporary, the view you have from sitting in there is kind of austere. The only lively thing is Mary Blair's. Uh, Mosaic. Mosaic on the, the elevator towers. Other than that, the monorail is, a, or the contemporary, the way you're looking out is a little bleak, and you feel like you're in a hospital. And I won't even get going on what they've done to the, the contemporary. The contemporary is cold and unappealing. At Whoever's this point. in charge of the Grand Canyon Concourse needs to be shot. They put, put that store and now this. They put that stupid store in the middle of the concourse with the the Mickey-shaped entrance, and they're selling the same crap you can buy in the store next door, in the store on the other side. There's nothing different about it. It, It's just the same generic crap you can buy at any gift shop on property. And they've just taken all of the charm. I mean, the contemporary resort was always kind of warm and appealing, and if it was a vaguely retro contemporary, that was okay. What they've done is they've made it cold and austere, even the lobby now. You walk into the lobby, and it's very corporate and cold. They've changed everything. It's all gray and white. There's just nothing appealing about it. Now, I can't believe anybody feels any sense of, you know, we hear about the, the theming at the hotels. 
In my opinion, they've taken out all the theming and they've they've dumbed it down to cold and unappealing. However, this fast food restaurant in the middle of the Grand Canyon concourse, a ficus tree. Disney can afford a ficus tree. Dig up one of them on property and stick it in the lobby. <laughs> it just needs something to make it. I was over there Saturday taking pictures and I thought that was a waiting area. And they're like, oh, is that what they did with the Concourse Steakhouse? I didn't realize that that was the place. That's it. Wow. Pretty, huh? Oh, it sure was. Our sandwich, our flatbread, soup, which was like a thimble full of soup and soda was $22. Wow. We took my mom and my mom was, her response to everything was, can we go? It's just, I can't believe anybody would want to go eat there. If you go and eat there, it's because you have to. Well, and that's the other thing, too. This is now the drink location for the entire resort. So let's say you're staying in one of those wing rooms. You've got to walk the entire length. You've got to get on an elevator. You've got to go upstairs to fill that mug. It's the, the craziest first, thing. For all intents and purposes, the fourth floor is really the contemporary's lobby. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the central hub. Right. Of, there's a yeah. lobby downstairs where you check in, but there's nothing there. I mean, the, lo- the fourth floor is... For all intents and purposes, can you picture them sticking, what is it, Gasparilla's, the the fast food place at the Grand Floridian, right in the center of that lobby? Mm. That's what they've done at at the Contemporary. They've stuck this hospital waiting area in the middle of the main area of the Contemporary. I can't believe that anybody is impressed by it. And as I said, it, they, it was almost like they were embarrassed to work there. There was no eye contact. It just avoided. I also didn't see anybody waving to the monorail or anybody on the monorail <laughs> waving to the people back. in the restaurant. Instituted that now, you know. Wow. <laughs> so I can't wait to go over and check it out. I, you know, I can usually find something redeeming. Yeah, there's nothing redeeming about it. It's horrible. It's horrible in look. I, the food wasn't bad. The food is. Food court food. I'm spitting on my microphone. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> um, I was really put off like by the fact foaming that... Foaming at the mouth. The menus are these big LCD screens, like you said, that change. And not one single price. And it's like not until you get to the screen. So you think, okay, now you're hungry. Now you're there. And all of a sudden, the $9 sandwich pops up. You know, what do you do? You know the size of a poster you would see in a kid's room? That's about how big these menus were. And what we found was there was a couple of people waiting. And... They're lit from the back, so you kind of have to have a direct view of them. It's not, you don't get as good a view looking at them from the sides. So two people could stand in front of it. And then it was just, it's, uh, it's just not appealing at all. And again, they've put it right next to, next to Chef Mickey's, which is bright and colorful and charming. And people were having fun and they were all excited about having their picture taken. And I said to John, look at the people sitting in here. And I don't mean to keep belaboring this point, but they looked like they were in a hospital cafeteria. Everybody just looked kind of Yes, they did. Very sad. subdued. Yeah. It's not at all Disney. It's not at all Disney, and it's right out in the open. And I can't believe that they're not going to change it. Well, let's hope. Let's hope that they do make some, uh, some alterations to it. But like I said, I was, you know, I was fairly impressed, you know, generally speaking, with the resort when I was there in... Uh, uh, in March, and I was hoping that, you know, with the positive changes they've made over the last couple of years, because the resort had been in the toilet a few years back. Have you been there since they've started the remodel of the lobby? Uh, yeah, it was done. I was, yeah, yeah, I was there in March, yeah. And uh, I was, uh, you know, like I said, just from a service standpoint, from the standpoint of the rooms, 
um, I was impressed. The price was a bit on the high side, but it was uh, it was a good experience. I'm just really sad to hear that because, uh, especially after they opened the wave, and the wave was such a great addition, um, a great creative addition uh, to the hotel. I was really hoping they would step up with this and not just plop something stupid. I don't even. I don't really in the middle I of the resort. Why they did? It. I don't even mind the location. Now the location is pretty open to me. But to put something that cold and austere and sterile right in the main area of the hotel just seems well, counterintuitive. I'm, in, I'm to anxious to see to the do. pictures. I'm anxious to see some pictures of it. As I said, I, I just tried to look. You can. I have some on my iPhone, but it's it's too bright out here to right. actually see them. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Thanks, uh, Teresa. Thanks to Eric Opron. And uh, from the Swan Dolphin, our, our friend Audrey Cornu, who uh, very graciously set this up for us, allowing us to come out here and uh, and record our show, and uh, personally say thank you for helping us out with the Toy Story Mania meet, and uh, to the folks here at the Cabana Grill uh, restaurant, uh, poolside at the Swan Dolphin for the great food and great service. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone.